but yeah, all these success stories, I'm just trying to remember like throughout the years, like those inspirational stories. I, I think it all, it all just comes down to passion, passion. And if you really care and you love it and you want to help people and you want to be the best you can be, anything's possible. Yeah. This word is really resonated with me many years ago. Dharma. What does Dharma mean? It means path or journey. It means to follow your path. What is your Dharma? And I think if you strip this whole podcast, this one down into like one thing, like if you can follow your path and understand like, are you a private lesson person, a one-on-one person? Do you want to help people with eating disorders? Do you want to teach strong power yoga classes in a packed packed studio? Like what is your calling? What calls to your heart? Welcome to the Going Pro Yoga Podcast. Namaste. My name is Paul Teodo, joined here with Michael Henry. Most yoga teacher trainings are becoming watered down and mediocre. So we've created this podcast to help supplement those of you who graduated from a teacher training and don't feel confident going out into the real world. Michael and I are lucky to have been trained by some amazing people. We've gone out into the world ourselves and had success And we want you to feel confident to protect your students and to build your career with integrity and authenticity. Welcome to our podcast. Today, we are going to talk about how to be an employable yoga teacher. How to basically you get out of a teacher training and what's the next step? Like, where do you go? How do you build a career? I'm going to share some of my story. Paul across the uh, table from me, he's going to share some of his story. Michael's over here. He might chime in and also give a taste of uh, his experience as a new yoga teacher. And yeah, we're basically going to discuss all the things we can in about 20 minutes to, uh, to help you get that job. What do you have to say, Paul? Yeah, I always say one of the best things you can ask yourself as a yoga teacher is how can I make myself the most low maintenance person that my yoga studio has ever seen? Mm -hmm. And, and yoga teachers have a, have a a reputation for being unreliable, for being flaky, for, for being difficult to pin down. And if you can be the exact opposite of that and to really set the intention to be low maintenance, it makes you very employable. Mm. Yeah. Low maintenance, I think that's uh, very true. There's a lot of divas, a lot of subbing out classes, a lot of last minute changes, a lot of leaving town, a lot of uh, kind of unsettled entitlement in in the yoga world. I would I would say that's a that's a very good point. Um, I'll give you a little peek into to my experience directly. So, I finished my teacher training in 2010. I kind of forget now, something like that, and. I was going through um, a business. I was basically running my own business and starting it. So I didn't have a lot of time to, to, uh, to dedicate to starting my career. So I actually waited for nine months. I don't think that's necessarily like always the best strategy for everyone. But for me, I kind of had to wait. So after nine months, I um, took a risk and I, I started teaching donation yoga. And I taught two classes a week. Donation yoga, you actually rent the space. So it was 
you can hire yourself essentially. And by doing this, I had no real experience yet. I subbed one class and I started teaching my regular classes after that. I was now employable by kind of lower totem uh, studios in Los Angeles. So just by saying, hey, I teach at Brian Kess Power Yoga, the name was strong enough to get me in the door. Yeah. So then I went to a place called Alpha Venice, which <laughs> had a beautiful room, but it was for like, it's like a Nike club, some sort of exercise, call it boot camp type fitness place. And I would show up and teach maybe one person, maybe two people. They'd pay me $5 a person. So I'd get paid like five bucks. And I would like just do circles around this person. Yeah. I'd sometimes demonstrate and like do the, the poses with them. But a lot of the time I was preparing myself for what I knew was possible at the other studio, which is a lot of people one day. So I just would do circles like a shark around this person, probably causing anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> but I was refining my skills in how to communicate. I also got a job at a place called the Yoga Nest in Venice right there on the boardwalk. And they paid me like $20 a class. I was thrilled to actually make money um, because the donation studio, I was not making any money. Yeah. No money was being made. It was losing money for me. And then fast forward, um, I'll just skip to, to the juicier parts. Fast forward about eight months. And now I'm being looked at as a reliable, because I'm showing up every day, as a reliable teacher that people can depend on because I don't leave town. Um, and uh, I would have some of, the, some of the same students coming back at, to my classes. And I noticed, I was like, this is good. I'm not making any money teaching yoga. I think it's canceling out at this point. I'm at a net zero. <laughs> And, uh, but I have my little business on the side and it was, uh, you know, I liked this lifestyle. I just needed to make it work financially. So the universe started to open up some doors the longer I was reliable. So from that discipline and hard work, now some of the bigger teachers started to reach out to me. Hey, you want to teach a class? Yes, I would say. And then all of a sudden I was being asked to teach classes all the time. So many classes were being offered to me, and I, had, I didn't have the ability to say no yet, <laughs> which is probably a good thing. So I just built, built, like I was teaching 20 plus classes, not even my own, most of them, a week. And then I started to market myself in those classes and have my materials, my little, uh, you know, four by six postcard of me doing some yoga pose, or I even had one doing a big jump kick in the air, like nothing yoga. I remember that one. It said intensify the calm. The calm. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it was badass, but in nothing yoga related. And I would just leave it out, you know, at the front. And next thing you know, people are coming. That's how it all got started for me. I'll pause there. Paul, you can take it over. Yeah, I'm very similar. I had my, my, my class at Brian Kest Power Yoga, which was the respected studio. And, and being that Brian Kest gave me a shot and an opportunity, other places hired me. And I had a studio called The Hub that I would teach at in West Los Angeles. And same thing. Two people would show up, four, seven. Seven would feel like a big class. Yeah. And, then, and then I'd have one and then four and then 10 and then, you know, but it grew, but it wasn't the type of place that was ever going to have 20, 30 people in it, but it was great. And I think one way you can make yourself employable is when you're a new teacher, find a studio like that where you can be a beginner, where you can be a beginning teacher. 
and you can teach to four or five people and you can get confident and you can get good and you can find your voice and you can deal with obstacles and hardships and you'll know, okay, this works, this didn't work. This is the type of teacher that I am. These are the sequences that I like. This is the difference between a level one class and a level two class. You, you want to find a place that's kind of not well known where you can do that and really, and, and really like, a, a, I call it a safe place to fail. You don't see it as failing or you do if you don't, if, if you're not that hard on yourself, you could see it as failing. It's okay. Cause when you're a beginner, a beginning teacher, I, I, I hate to break it to you, but you're going to teach some shitty classes mm-hmm. as a new teacher. And, you, and you're going to need to learn how to, how to get up and go teach another class you know, a good class the next day. And I think having that safe place, like the, the lesser known studio, but still well run with good owners that are just, they they know that you're a beginner and they're compassionate towards it. And you just find your, you find your stride and saying yes to everything. Your first few months is a very good idea. Your first year, I would say Mm -hmm. maybe even your first two years, you say Mm -hmm. yes to as many things as you can. Make yourself available. When you get asked to sub, sub. Don't sub out your own classes unless you really have an emergency, you're, you're sick, or you have a family emergency. Don't take a lot of vacations your first two years because uh, you need to ground down at a mm-hmm. place and you need to and to hone your craft, yep. whether it's in Bali or Sydney, Australia, or London, or wh- wherever you're living. Find your place. Teach as many classes as possible, build up your craft, and be reliable. Be on time, show up, deliver a consistent experience. So your, your class doesn't need to be the same. Mm. But if it's a power yoga class, it's the same type of level of difficulty, same type of intensity every time. Mm. And then people will know what to expect and you can change the sequence you can change Mm -hmm. the playlist you can change the theme you can change the peak poses but it's the same type of experience day in and day out Mm -hmm. that consistency will create more employability for you yeah i wanted to bring up the compulsive behavior because a lot of yoga is uh teaching you to acknowledge any compulsive behavior that you have bring attention to these kind of erratic Uh, movements or energies or breathing patterns and this is the first part of your yoga career is the hardest it's really the hardest you said when you find your stride and that's very true when you find your stride it's easy yeah people are coming to class there's a rhythm there's a momentum the 10 people all of a sudden doesn't go back to four it goes to 11 10 11 10 11 13 10 13 10 15 10 17 10 next thing you know easy to show up because you're developing a type of uh, almost like a a community yeah you know and once that happens gosh you know it's it's wonderful so that compulsive nature that people have to just jump off the ship this isn't for me yeah is um yeah it's just you know sometimes it's too soon yeah you got to persevere yeah you got to pulse you, you you really do the other thing i was thinking about and i mentioned it briefly is the marketing aspect and this is obviously like a part that is changing and evolving all the time. And we have social media. And of course, social media, we're not dinosaurs here, you know. We had social media too, 10 yeah. years ago when we started teaching. Um, but like be smart about using it. You know, like if you have a class the next day, 
post a, a simple thing that you're teaching the next day. You might get two people that see it and come. That's two more people you didn't have. That's two more mouths that talk to two more friends that duplicates the four more people. That's over one year, 12 more people, potentially. And like I said, having some sort of ref way for people to find you easily so that they're not just showing up to a yoga class that day. They're showing up to your yoga class that day. Yeah. And they know it and they know where to find you. And yeah, some people are really good at this naturally. I find you're really good at this. Like you just let people know like where to find you and there's no shame in that, you know? Yeah. You know, so um, I've, I've definitely learned some of that like through watching other people because some of us have like a tendency to kind of want to just, we don't want to sell ourselves. We want to give a yoga experience and like just let them go without that. But there's nothing to be ashamed of. Like this is a business for yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you, and you, we, I don't even see it necessarily even as a business. I see it as like, I love what I do and, and, and I believe in myself. And, and if you want to come to more classes, this is how you come to more classes. You know, that's kind of <laughs> how I, how I see it, you yeah. know? Um, I used to feel a little bit uncomfortable with that too, but then, yeah, I think just over time, I think, it, you know, when I felt uncomfortable about it, it was really because I didn't own my craft because I hadn't taught enough classes to be like, yeah, you know what? I do have something to offer and I have worked really hard at this and, and I am a pretty good teacher and you know what I mean? So as, mm -hmm. as, as those thousands of hours of teaching and repetition as the, as they started to become more and more ingrained in me, I think I became more open to just at the end of class talk about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, just to evolve the conversation. So once you have all these classes and you found your stride, then what's next? Well, potentially, if you'd like to do yoga retreats, if you want to travel, this is something you could start to, to line up as like a, almost like to diversify your portfolio as a yoga teacher. Um, trainings could be in the future. You don't want to rush it, but trainings could be something in the future. I'd probably start with workshops first. Like if you like to do uh, an, an immersion of sorts or an experience like, oh, I want to teach a, a live music yin yoga class, for instance. Like this is a great immersion. You can do a three hour one day thing. So these are things to start, you know, kind of planting into your uh, weekly, monthly schedule, whatever kind of makes sense for you. And then I think... Um, the, the, the turning point here is that a lot of people don't have the resources to teach at big studios. You know, like we've had many students come into our trainings that are from small places. And when they leave, they're, I even had somebody today when I taught the, the class for this, uh, I taught for another yoga teacher training today. Yeah. And one of the students was like, how can I take your class online when I leave here? Because I don't have this kind of yoga where I live. Yeah. This is a very common question. Absolutely. So even more, what if she wants to teach yoga in her small town? Like, where can we help her? How can we give her some advice? Well, that's why we created Going Pro, the podcast <laughs> and the platform. That, they're not even to sell ourselves, but that's exactly why we created what we've been creating, you know? Mm -hmm. So there are tons of people that don't have access to high quality teachers and they don't have the ability to travel or the ability to... Um, to invest, you know, let's say they took a bad training and they don't have the ability to spend another four or $5,000 on a second training. Well, 
study with us, study, study with us online. And that's, and that's what we tried to do because we're seeing that happen. We're seeing, you know, some, some of yoga getting watered down and, and it's becoming more, the, the types of programs that really teach people how to be employable are, are getting thinner and thinner and, and, that's because they're being led by people who haven't actually done the grunt work. Yes, sir. So let's talk about our um, one of our students, Art, who lives in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Shout out to you, Art, if you're listening. Proud of you. And Super proud. Yeah. You know, this is a guy who took our training. He was really quiet. Had to ask, but when he did ask the questions, they're all the right questions absorbing the information, not in his ego. And he took the mentorship that we gave him in that training, like the the connections, the information, the strategies, the business aspects, all this stuff, took it to Thunder Bay, where there's not a lot of people, and basically started his own yoga studio out of his home. And it started in his garage. And, and it just became a thing, you know, he willed it into existence. I think he taught before that, probably. He got some experience teaching at the lo- local studio. I might be, you know, if he's listening, he's like, oh, this isn't exactly how it went. Yeah. But <laughs> the, the point of it is, is that you can make it work um, wherever you are. It might not be the same path as teaching at this, you know, big fancy studio in a big city. You know, it, no. could, it could very much just be teaching to your friends and family at first and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think you just, you just have to really love yoga and you have to really want to, to be a teacher. Like you really, like you want to, to teach as much as possible. You want to become the best teacher you can possibly be. You want to continue studying with master teachers. Every time you teach a class, you, you go through like, okay, what, what, what worked, what didn't work like that commitment and, and one thing I remember about Art is Art, it, it, when he was in our teacher training, you know, we had just gotten done doing a bunch of practice teaching and everybody went to take a break and our, Art came up to me and he goes, I want you to be really hard on me. Hmm. I go, what? He goes, no, he's like, seriously, he's like, you're not, don't do me any favors. He's like, I, I want to be a great teacher and I want you to be really like really challenge me to be my best. He's like, mm-hmm. be hard on me. I was like, cool, done. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of guy that goes back to his hometown and starts his own studio. You know? Very much true. Yeah. Shout out to like Riza, who just finished our training too. And she's out in, uh, and she's somewhere in Germany. What city is she in? I forget. Either way. Cologne. She's, she's in Cologne. That's yeah. right. We've had a couple of teachers go teach there in the studios. And yeah. they, ha- they have a good market there for yoga. Yeah. And big enough of a city to uh, to implement these same strategies that you and I used. And she's having success at like, how old? Like 20 years old? Yeah. I don't even know. 20-year-old yeah. teacher just like teaching multiple classes a week, following her dream. There is no set age as far as when you can start to do this. Yep. Sure, there might be a recommended age. You don't want to like get too far ahead of yourself. But everyone is different. Um, but yeah, all these success stories, I'm just trying to remember like throughout the years, like those inspirational stories. I, I think it all, it all just comes down to passion, passion. And if you really care and you love it and you want to help people and you want to be the best you can be, anything's possible. Yeah. This word is really resonated with me 
many years ago, Dharma. What does Dharma mean? It means path or journey. It means to follow your path. What is your Dharma? And I think if you strip this whole podcast, this one down into like one thing, like if you can follow your path and understand like, are you a private lesson person, a one-on-one person? Do you want to help people with eating disorders? Do you want to teach strong power yoga classes in a packed packed studio? Like what is your calling? What calls to your heart? And and I say this to not exclude the people who want to work one-on-one. And I think this is a magical experience. So many people are intimidated of classes. They're injured. They're old. They're out of shape. Maybe they're just rich and don't want to leave their house. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the case is, there's a huge market for the one-on-ones that you could tap into if that's your thing, if it calls to you. But you don't want to also sell yourself short. Like If that's not calling to you and you keep doing it, you're going to drain yourself to the point of, compulsive quitting and you know so i think finding that alignment with your path and what calls to you it's really important for yoga teaching to sustain the career yeah absolutely i have a thought hey what's your thought michael good to see you yeah (laughs) i was listening attentively so this was really really helpful the thing that came up for me when you guys were talking is what because some people i feel like they'll they have a passion they have a drive they have a desire they want to go for it, but there's something that gets in the way. And some of those things that get in the way are self-talk or not getting becoming successful right away or you know, being worried about what people think or having a couple bad reviews or a couple bad, you know, speaking to what you were saying is like, I don't know exactly how you said it, but basically quitting a little too early. So the variables or the factors that affect someone from actually chasing their passions or their dreams or their desires... Um, there's a lot of them probably, right? Because like all of what you guys are saying, I was like, this is really, really awesome. But I was like, what happens if there's a roadblock that gets thrown in the mix of that? And then all of a sudden your passion, you feel like you can't tackle your passion anymore. You feel like you can't move towards it anymore because this one thing happened and it kind of broke you down. Or um, yeah, it just, it was something that came up for me and I was empathizing with the fact that maybe there is someone that has gone through that. They're like, I really want to go for it. But like, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time moving. I'm having a hard time taking action because of this thing that happened or this event or this scenario or this person or something like that. So I just wanted to, to, to bring that up to the conversation. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I, I would say th- that is why you need to be surround yourself with people who support your dreams. Mm. And part of supporting someone's dream is saying, get up off your ass, take that risk or jump off that cliff or whatever it is. There's, there's, there's the hand holding and compassion. And there's also like, you said you were going to do this thing. Like, so go do it. And, and I think that that having a mentor your first couple of years is really important. Having people who aren't afraid to tell you the truth, what, even if the truth stings, like a lot of times within like spiritual community, people are afraid to, to sting each other and to say the truth, even if the truth is what might set you free, hearing it. And I think also um, having staying in touch with other people within your teacher training community or other people that are kind of at your level that are experiencing the same thing is super important. I think that there's like, I listened to the, the Joe Rogan podcast and he, he talks so much about stand-up comedians 
And stand-up comedians and yoga teachers are very different, but the career path is kind of similar because it's like you're you're building your own thing and and it's just you, but you're also you 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 want to be surrounded by other comedians or you want to be surrounded by other yoga teachers, people that are really good and people that have good attitudes and people that have been through the things that you're going through or maybe they're going through it one week and then you know like Byron will pick me up and then like three weeks later he's having a bad day and I'll pick him up or you know what I mean so I think that's Mm. really important is to have like a community a community Mm. of other teachers I'll I'll add to that too and and you know if you run into this roadblock and you whatever take it personally or whatever reason it, it takes you off of your path um, you can always go back into your yoga practice too, especially yeah. if you don't have the community, if you don't have the supportive family and these people around you. I, I didn't have unsupportive people, but I remember just sp- yoga spoke to me so deeply that I had a lot to share when it came time to finally teach it. But if you're putting the cart in front of the horse uh, a little too soon, you might have jumped the gun a little prematurely. It is possible. Yeah. Started your career a little too soon. So in that case, go back onto your mat. Meditate. Do practice yoga. Go inward. Don't just use it as a safe place to hide from what you really want to be doing. But at the same time, like regulate yourself, your system, and see what's real and true and authentic. And then leave all the fear that you know is an illusion behind and then maybe you can step into that and then through that you'll attract i think you can attract the right people as well absolutely well that about wraps it up you guys do you have anything else you'd like to add on uh how to become an employable yoga teacher now get out there and go after your dreams carpe diem carpe yes seize the day All right, seize the day. Namaste. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.